Hello, I'm Ross Kane. We're coming at you live from the centre of London here in Covent Garden Men's Radio Station. Where is our strapline that we came up with where men really talk? That was a great guest, James Blake. That was a great guest. I've been a fan of the Vamps for a long time. And um, <laughs> Don't thank me. Thank Mr. Phil Dave. Who? Uh, uh, the artist formerly known as Phil Dave. Oh, the artist formerly known uh, Yes, it is, man. Thank you, Phil. He won't be listening. He'll be busy doing his hair. Still. Still. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> hair gel where hair gel hair is needed. Hair gel or hair gel not. <laughs> now... Our next, it's like Waterloo Station in here. We are that busy. Our next guest is a writer, and he always phones <laughs> me. I go, Mayo. He always goes like that. The phone goes. I always think I owe somebody money with an Italian name. I'm going to be dead in about <laughs> a week. If that, I'm going to wake up. There'll be a horse's head next to me in the bed. Um, his last book was a cra- what's it called? Crafty. First one was Crafty Cigarette. A Crafty Cigarette, terrible. which is still on my... It wasn't terrible. It's still on my... Just a minute. I'm introducing you. He's up, fella. <laughs> First, last book was A Crafty Cigarette, which um, is still in my kitchen, uh, on my kitchen. Uh, his current book is called Tales of Agro. <laughs> uh, giving you some idea of what my guest is like. Matteo Sedazzari. He controls all the south side. Nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's got to be done. Come on, you're dying to do it, aren't you? Everywhere from here to the ducks. To everyone you can. <laughs> so this is, if you can, hold, hold it up. There we go. There, there's, there's the book. I don't know if you can see it. There we are. There is the book. And they put my glasses back on. So, and welcome. Thank you so much for having me, That's guys. An absolute, absolute pleasure. I promise you, you'd come on again. Meet Oscar DePaul, Eddie the Casual, Dino, Quicksilver, Jamie Joe, and Honest Ron. Collectively known around the streets of West London as the Magnificent Six, this gang of working-class, lovable rogues, I never find rogues that lovable, to be honest with you, have claimed Shepherd's Bush's White City as their playground. Good luck with that. And are not going to let anyone spoil the fun. Fashion conscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, a music obsessed and shooting from the lip. These lads are legend in their own mind and eager to stamp their identities on the often indifferent streets. Gotta love this. And this is a real slice of life told in the vernacular of the streets that's Irvin Welsh who said that Thank Tales you. of Agro author of Crafty Cigarette published by Zany Z-A-N-I Matteo Sedazare thank you so much for coming in um, what's the book about? Well, I just read the blurb just yeah. the bu- it's a collection of 15 short stories with the Magnificent Six as the central characters and then expands into their origins, their families. We have a flashback to the 70s. And then I move into their girlfriends. And like in particular, I've got one girl called Stephanie Clark, where she forms an all-girls group to compete with the Spice Girls. So I see that that's... That, yeah. so it's, it's a musical theme today, James Yeah. Blake. And then I've got Priscilla, Priscilla Payne, who's a page three girl who has a hard time from the uh, media backlash and moves to a country village and gets involved in solving a murder. So it's quite widespread. It's basically... Is any of this true? No. No, 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 no. Oh, I was... So- oh! No. None, none oh, of it's true. Are you kidding? I thought these were all your mates. No. No, 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 no. The, I mean, Crafty Cigarette, my first novel, was semi-autobiographical. Semi yeah. Not, not, autobi- not fully autobiographical, semi semi i just used myself as a template but crafty tales of agro i can confuse myself tales of agro is a total work of fiction and that's where i'm good realms i want to step into it's more fiction writing than just talking How about myself I, I, I completely misunderstood because when i was because uh, you kindly sent me a copy and when i was going through it i thought 
oh, he must know these people. These must be people who grew up with. Or no, something. no. All right, an easy mistake to make, Mr. <laughs> cynic, Mr. Twenty Four. No, no, no. no well, that, so I, 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 I knew the man that when I, I asked you questions about your book, you're like, it's all fiction. It's all made up. It is all made. I have never actually battled the devil, nor gone to the de- realms of hell, nor been attacked by vampires. It's that I kind of made that up, well, James. Well, I know that's a shock. It's a shock. You know. I know that people from the dead don't come back and walk around Greece and Turkey. It doesn't happen. You'd be surprised. Not in <laughs> yeah. this lifetime. Anyway. Not, not in this lifetime, probably in another lifetime. Yeah. It's interesting. So do they deal with well-being and mental health? Which is why you're here. Yeah, well, there's one character in particular. This is now we've had the job. There's a character called Rooster. Rooster. Rooster, who's in his 20s and he's the local drug dealer. Right. And he oh. becomes. What do you mean? Uh, what are you suddenly woken up for? Rooster, nice guy. Rooster, nice like guy. Your local drug dealer, but he's a child. Oh, <laughs> now, now there's an origin to his story. Now, Rooster, his actual like, real name is, is Andrew Roost, if I get the character. He wanted to join the army. Now, after a drunken night in a restaurant in Soho in the 70, 1978, he gets arrested, and he gets uh, what's the word pigeonholed right. as a yob along those lines. He had all the best intentions to have a good life, so he goes to prison. And because of the media backlash against him and the, the calling him a, you know, a devil along those criminal, lines, all a criminal, that, all that he starts believing this, so he becomes a victim. Of circumstances, a tragic victim of circumstances, where all he wanted, he'd never had a drink before, this is set in the story, he'd never had a drink before, he'd gone there, he'd had a drink, he'd gone to a fight, he got arrested by the police in the 70s, and the police in the 70s were quite heavy handed. You think? <laughs> yeah. James would be sitting there going, well, presumably they had very nice people and, and officers to look after you. No, <laughs> the seventies. You got, the, you got the seven bells kicked out of you. you, you that, nice. that, that, oh, that's why Pack was. That's why Pack is it. Pack or Pace was introduced yeah. about police questioning because in the seventies, the idea of you asking for a solicitor and you know no comment didn't exist. I mean, that, there's two stories about when, when the other story about that in uh, in Tales of Agro is about uh, Rock and Wolf, which is set, set in 1974. <laughs> Rock and Wolf, you like that? Rock and Wolf. I like them all. Yeah, Rock and Wolf. And he, he gets, he gets he, there's police corruption in there because it was rife in the 70s. Anyway, going back to... As Ru- they used to say, Matteo, as they used to say, the Metropolitan Police, the best money can buy. <laughs> that's what they used to... That was a <laughs> private really, eye phrase. Did yeah. they really uh, say yeah. that? That's yeah. What, that's what we had. We have police. moved along a very long way. Oh, month. yeah. I mean... The, 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 Never doubt how far we've moved. The, the, the police now, you know, they, they do a sterling job and, you you know, you have your rights, etc., etc. But with Rooster, instead, instead, he had mental health issues. And this is when you asked me about was the mental health thing. Yeah. I didn't actually intentionally realise this until... You probed me, so we can only come on the show if you've got something to say about mental health. I thought, yeah, okay. of course. I thought, okay. Well, this is coming on plugging a book. <laughs> book. Yeah, and I thought, well, hold on a minute. This character Rooster, we're probably he's essential Now he had obviously had a mental health problem, right? He drank, yeah. he smashed up a restaurant, he gets arrested, right? Yeah. Now it's an average day for James. Yeah, an average day. Now you today, in Bano- you in Banugo, you're banned. Apart from the getting drunk bit, yeah, but I'm not drinking about drink Now today, he but may... I still smash up my bicycle. So. Oh, do you? Are you, are you one of those then? That when you get upset, you smash things up. Um, am I one of those people that smashes? You no, know, I'm I, ne- I've never seen. I've seen you upset, but you, you, you should. Because uh, you'd pay for it. That's why. If you did yeah, it in the studio, <laughs> you come across as you come across as very as very anchored, and very, you don't come across as anchored. wow. I'm well, an actor. What sorry. an actor he must be. Bravo, my well I'll, I'll done, James Blake, Oscar okay. nominated for best supporting role in 
<laughs> I'm anchored. It was funny. I would say, Anchor man. I, I was hey 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 Ron Burgundy. Um, I would say I'm the opposite. I'd say I, I need to project my um, angers more. If something annoys me, I need to say it more because I'm too anchored. I would oh, say that's my problem. Oh, this, this is what about you? Therapy session on you, James. No, this, this is a really good conversation. We'll be the judge of that, thank you, Matteo. But le- learning to be direct is something that is really worth doing. Because great skill. It's a great skill because you've got to have that balance. And I've learned this hard in life. Right? I used to, I either used to get sulky or aggressive to put my point of view across. Like there was no balance. There was no in between. But as I've got older, and that's one thing great about getting older. Although like, you might lose your, your looks, but you get a bit wiser, hopefully. Not in your case, Matteo. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> thank Don't you. Look after <laughs> our guests. We want them to come back. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Is to actually be direct with people, and then and then you will actually find you will judge who that person is because if you say something in a very diplomatic way, non non intrusive, non threatening way, your point of view, and they still take it to heart and they still make you feel bad about feeling thing, then you don't want that person in your life. Yeah, then you realise that actually maybe that person is no good. That person is no good. You look at me one more time. I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> you're out the door. Yeah. So, but it, you know, it, it's 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 very true. You've hit on something very important about communication yeah. and and being on we we were, we were saying with James uh, McVeigh earlier that you know being true to yourself it sounds so crap but, but being true no, to yourself true. is very it's very important. Important. It's important it's a huge lesson to learn and that's why especially in the entertainment industry when you know you you're looking forward to meeting someone a number of times is that I feel such a mug you know and you meet them and they're vile couldn't wait to meet Russ Kane uh, yeah, there you go prime <laughs> example prime example no no you, you, you've been a pleasure so far Russ. so far but the day is young he has but on the other hand on the other hand when you meet people you say oh you've got a terrible someone so what a reputation I was photographed uh, for a project that we'll be working on uh, very very shortly uh, called Reset by a, a, the, one of the world's most phot- uh, famous photographers called Rankin. I know. The most famous ID, guy, right? ID, sort and, of ID. Yeah. And yeah. he has the most ferocious reputation. I was, te- I was flattered to be asked. I was very honoured. And we're, we're going to be working with the charity and Rankin's coming in, etc. Not too distant future. And he had a brutal reputation. So I was really pretty nervous, putting it mildly. Mm-hmm. And he was absolutely charming and a completely normal and, and lovely guy and it's when you you know you're told someone's a monster and you meet them they're really very nice and you think it's interesting how these reputations e- and other people who, on, who I won't mention but are on TV and they you know they're charming and they're lovely and they're family <laughs> orientated absolute <laughs> bastards yeah the first order it's, it's an extraordinary thing isn't it don't yeah, meet I, your heroes kids well I, I that mean, is I, so true don't I, meet your heroes I, I had that with because I do a website called Zane and I've interviewed people and I had that with Peter Hook you know from Joy Division New Order now people said to me and I was meeting him face-to-face interview Groucho his press officer was saying you know you, you've got to be really careful with him so I was expecting to walk into the dragons yeah, d- then sure. this guy was going to say you know what's your questions and all that instead there was this nice down to earth Salford lad yeah. came up to have a drink with me afterwards had a few laughs we talked about Man United Juventus oh, careful <laughs> careful careful <laughs> you're, in, yeah. you're in the coy's den here well, who'd you say, uh, James, edu- there's only one, there's only one team there's in the world. There's one team in, okay. in the world, and they're in North London. Don't say the A word. Do not. So this will be the shortest interview. I'll, t- I'll, I'll give you a hint. We stole your striker last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Spurs. Yes. Spurs. I love the way he spat that word out. Did you Spurs. see the way he I spat it? it out. Yeah. It was I like, want, it, was like it was. I don't yeah. want to be rude. It was like it was choking in your throat. <laughs> 
it was like that scene from Star Wars, you know, where he's like, yeah, yeah. and he's like, I'll get, I'll get the Death Star plan. <laughs> no, I, I was hoping to get, I was hoping, I was hoping to get your manager, Portuguino. Yeah, yeah, because what do you mean get him like with a crowbar? No, 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 no. For him, when when Allegri got fired after the Champions League exit against yeah. Ajax, he he was he was. Yeah, we obviously. <laughs> yeah, he was. I he, know. He, yeah, he yeah I'll, I'll speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> you follow football. Talk to he the football he, he was on the short list because obviously he's got children. He's he's of Italian ancestry. Yeah, he likes Juventus and he plays a lot of youngsters. And I thought we were going to get him, but we got so who's okay. But we kept Higuain when we had Moses Keane. It's, which which surprised you're me listening to men's radio <laughs> station where we deal with <laughs> mental health and well being. Not Manchester United! Okay, carry on. Back to the point we digress. Right, let's go. Let's get to the, to, to well, it's funny. Uh, it's back to the point. Because this it's something you touched no, on I, in I, your it book. It's weird. Because I always said, when we set the radio stage, we're never going to talk no, about blokey football. stuff and football. Yeah, here and we like, were. Uh, we're getting dragged. Just okay, when I thought, no I, more was, just when I, thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Well, we're, talking, we're talking about being true to yourself and being yes, authentic. Yeah. And football's great for well-being. Spurs won yesterday, and I'm in a great mood. 2-1. So that's what, exactly 2-1. But I want to tell you something, which is to do with the book. Because you said um, Rooster... Yeah, yeah. Rooster, yeah, he goes into prison. prison. Yeah, he kind of gets labelled a criminal, and that's what starts off his kind of criminal career. Cr- criminal career, and this, and, and this then, is a real thing. Th- and this then happens. he becomes he becomes mentally ill because because he 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 hates the nickname Rooster, and then he suddenly like people start calling him Rooster. He actually gets Rooster's he gets actually feathers tattooed on his arms. That's yeah. the, the thing, and he actually starts thinking he is the bastard son of Foggle Glenhall. Well, I say now. Well, I say, and that becomes his catchphrase. Before he's going to do someone in, he goes, "I say, I say, I say." So it's insanity about that, about this character. However, what you're saying that happens in the prison system. It does happen. Yeah, people, people will get dragged in. They'll be arrested. They're scared. They're nervous. Of course. And you know, and the police, there's no, they're not going to be sympathetic towards you because it's not their job to be. Their job is to make you feel scared Mm. along those lines. And this is why, you know, if you do get in trouble with the police, you've got to have a solicitor with you. You've got to, you know, forget what the BBC say. They say, well, you know, if you say no, if you say that, if you have a solicitor with you, that means you're guilty. No, no, no. What it is, it's like right. We've watched Line of Duty. (laughs) We know. Yeah, exactly. You've got to be. And that and that was just created uh, about. That's how Rooster came about. And you're right; these people exist. It happens, it happens. and they still yeah. exist now to this what day. What did you do before you were writing books? Well, I still write. Well, my main job was I still I come from a sales background. Huh. That's what I do. Any any samples? What, what of sales? No, any samples that you got with you? You know, you know. Sometimes people come in and go, oh, we're, no, no, we're no, pushing I, a food thing. No, no, no. James no. is happy. I work, I, I, I've been working in and out. No I've been guy. working in and out of the data security industry for That's ages. That's not going to help us at all. No, no, no. no, no, no. no. We're kind of more food. So folks. when you ask me that, food and drink, food kind of like that. I, I think our favourite guest was the whiskey guy. George Michie. George Michie. Soho Whiskey George, Club. George Thank Mickey. you very much. George Mickey was, was Mickey. great. I might go and see him later. Um, what about, what about really, Tom Bradford? Of Tom Ve- Bradford was good. Of he Vegfest. Ca- yeah, he came in with his stuff. That was, that was good. You should have told me I would have bought some food in. What, what, like what? Whatever what you fancy. No, no, no. It's got to be like something that you can talk about like for well-being. That's what, so anyway, so, you're, you, so you, you still do sales? Yeah, at uh, this moment in time. So therefore, therefore... What is of interest, because it's, I think it's part of well-being, is if you... So many people say to me, especially since the publication of my book, so many people say, oh, I've got a book inside. They always say the same thing. Yeah. I've got a book inside me, yeah. which sounds a bit uncomfortable, personally. Honest. <laughs> and I go, okay, well, what should I do? And I say, "There's the only advice I can <laughs> give you is this. You sit on your ass yep. for about 12 months yep. at your laptop, yep. and you write it. And Peace. they look at me and they go, 
What? I said, well, I have to work? What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a slog. It's if you want to write a book, ask to any of my author, any of my author pals, you speak to Bell Mooney or Carol Mason or Carol Drinkwater or anybody else who's publishing yep. and writing books or B.B. Lynch or anybody like that, it's a slog. It's you've hit a nail on the head, and I get exactly the same question. People want to bring out my second book. People have or sort of bought out my second book. Mm. You know, you will heard you write a book. I like to write a book. You have to have that discipline. I am very, very, very well organised. I, I, I work part time. I usually work Monday to Wednesday. I maybe have one day off, and yeah. then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, if I'm not working on Zany, I will write. I will get up in the morning. I will get up at a certain time, eight yeah. o'clock. Have my breakfast. Have a workout. Hit the PC at ten. Yeah. Write. Use my look at my Excel spreadsheet or my timetable to see what chat because I'm working on my third novel already and do it. And while, while oh, you're doing so interesting, you're doing it on a that's the first book I wrote. I wrote, uh, we wrote a schedule, yeah, and we had to hit X number of words per day, yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah. make the contract date. It was that rigid and disciplined. If we hadn't hit that number of words, we had to keep going until we'd hit that yeah. number of words. You're looking at me like I'm <laughs> talking Chinese. <laughs> We've written. How many books? Two. Got another book. Gatekeeper, I thought was your first oh, book. You have so much to learn, young <laughs> Padawan. <laughs> so much to learn. No, but it is. Google. So do, do, do people get very surprised when they think, oh, I, I, I've got to just, fl- you know, slog it, it out? You've got to slog it out. And also there's that whole mythology. And because we're talking the same language as that, you've got to be tortured. You've got to be this burning thing. And no, you've you got haven't. to be... It, 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 no, it's, you haven't. No, you haven't. Not at all. It's at all. It's it's a great part. I mean, I like the way that I write. A good talk about life. For instance, Tales of Agro. I will write the story on my PC, not longhand on my PC. Yeah. Ideas, you yeah. know, about, about maybe about five six thousand words. I'll re- and I now use Word three six five. I've got read aloud, so I don't even have to print it off. It just reads back to you, which actually saves so much time. Word three six five. Yeah, talk me through. That sounds good. No, 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 not Word three six five. Office three six five. Oh, Office three six five. Yeah, I've got. That. Yeah, yeah. But if you've got that and you've yeah. got, you got, and I can read back. Yeah, and you've got Word on that. It's got the read read aloud read aloud function, function. Yeah, which is absolutely brilliant. So you read it back. I sleep on it. You know, I'll, I will usually stop writing about six seven o'clock so I can have dinner. And maybe watch a film because I do. I'm one of these believers that you need to wind down. While my friend Dean Kavanagh, who's a, a screenwriter and author in his own right, and he's a good writing partner with Irving Welsh, Dean's totally opposite of me. Dean is the nocturnal writer. Dean will get up at ten o'clock at night, write to eight in the morning when he's writing, mm-hmm. and then he'll go to bed. And he'll be you, you won't you won't you won't you won't hear from. Him. But that's how he functions. But however, just because the time scales flipped over, he still has that. That discipline. Irving Walsh is exactly the same. I know these people, they will just have that schedule. Do you know what effect that has on their kind of mental well-being? Because they say often that, it, you know, we're kind of creatures of daylight, aren't we? Really? Yeah. Mm. It, it, well, I talk, I mean, talk about what I've done before. This I worked. I worked. Well, you know, I've said something about this all back to me. I worked not shit from the factory 98, so 21 years ago. I was down on my luck. Uh, I came back from Italy. I had nowhere to live, so I lived in the bed sit, worked night shift in the factory. The money was good. The money was really, really good. I mean, really, you know, you couldn't. It was pretty. No, what were you doing? You were in a factory. I, I was in factory. I was actually making Foster's pumps. I was working on a die cast. I had no training, but basically, it's like <laughs> they just sort of like said, "Well, oh, what do you mean the, the beer pumps?" Yeah, yeah. I was. I, I had the sort of like the, the uh, whatever the visor line. I used to like use hot metal late at night. Or all that. With no training. With no training. What could possibly go wrong, wrong everybody? That, that was exactly. It. They said, "Well, if you press that button there and you press that button there, it'll do that." And you go like right. right, then. 
and he'd done it. And I said, okay, you got the job. You go, fine, brilliant. And that was it. Jesus. So that was the life experience. And But the thing is, you do, your dietary is bad. And you would come out, I'd come out at six, seven in the morning yeah. after working in the factory. And it was around summertime because the World Cup was on. I'm, okay, that's the only. I'm not going to mention any more about football. Thank I God. come I come out. I could talk football all day long. Yeah, we've gathered. Yeah. We're <laughs> ahead okay. of you on that one. Uh, we've just, got an advert coming yeah, out. We yeah, can chat. Okay. <laughs> and the spots will be for my eyes. And you'd come in and you'd be so pumped up, and you haven't really got a life because you'll get in and you, you go to sleep. And when you get up, all you've got to do is wait around to go to the night shift again. Mm. Unlike if you work in the daytime, whether you work from home or whether you work in an office. Or whatever you get in at six o'clock, you can still have a meal with your loved one. You can still watch a nice bit of TV or go or whatever, do whatever. It's just the way the wor- the world doesn't work on night shift. No. You're right. The wor- the, the well, world works imagine, from nine to five. Imagine, but James, <clears throat> you know that I I do work on another radio station, uh, the BBC. Uh, I have to get up at two in the morning uh, because I'm on air at four in the morning. And that gives me jet lag for the next two days. I'd be yeah. absolutely honest. Maybe you can do it when you're 25. But those those people, such as Petri Hoskin and the other people who do those shifts, their lives are really very, very, very difficult. You've got to be in mm. bed. I mean, your day is turned yeah. uh, upside down. Well, I, didn't, I never used to do horrific shifts like finish at 6 o'clock in the morning. But when I used to work in a kitchen and you're... You know, you finish working in the kitchen. It's the same thing. I used to get home. I remember at like sort of midnight. I'd sit down and have my dinner at like one, two, and it's like, well, what do I what do I do now? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, two yeah, o'clock yeah, in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. just need to go to sleep and wake up to go back to work again. Exactly, exactly. And this goes back to the point about well, well, I like to finish writing by at least six o'clock or six something. O'clock, yeah. yeah, seven o'clock, and then ten o'clock. That's it. Social media off. You know, I want to. Got to be. I'm. I, I'm now the. I'm now getting to the same. It has to be off. The phones off. And yeah, and that, that is it. Now, one other thing. You, you know, it's very interesting. You touched on something which is very close to my heart. Not football. Having, not <laughs> football. Uh, unless we are discussing why, aren't they? But the thing is that I, I've been. In, uh, I, I started life as a, as a speech writer, and then moved into copywriting and then into script writing. So I've had to write uh, in the corporate field. Yeah. Before, for for many many years. And in the corporate world, as you know, with advertising and everything else, there's a deadline. So I've only ever been used to writing for a deadline. So the notion of, because that's the contract and that's the deal and they're expecting the work and you've got to deliver it or you won't work again. And I've always been freelance. And I never had the luxury of this nonsense, the writer's block. No, people say, agreed. I've got writer's block. I have to go to Mauritius and sit on a beach and stare at the mm, ski. Agreed. Do you really? Well, that's good for you because you're obviously incredibly wealthy. I never had that luxury. I had to come up with the goods time and uh, every time, on time, under budget and on time and delivered correctly. And, and so it's the same with, with, for me with writing. There'd be days with the creative process, you, it kind of flows. And Agreed. days, you feel kind of mentally constipated. And you're thinking, Agreed. this is this isn't really, I'm not really in the mood. And, but, but you have to do it. You yeah. can't be, uh, you can't be casual about it. It's a proper job. No, I, I, I agree in that. I, and a love as well. A, a love. And I impose my own deadlines on it. You know, I have to, do, I have to get to a certain point. Like I'll look at my schedule and I'll say, I've got to write this. And it was my brother. My brother Paolo really, and, and I'm going to name drop here, Brian Clemens, the screenwriter. Who oh, of course. Uh, now, how come you know? No, I have, no I'm being sarcastic. I've got no idea. You have Google Brian Google, Clemens. Genius, the Avengers. The You're new, kidding. Brian Clemens was like one of the, for us, one of the most influential people on in, 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 in drama and writing. Right, and I, I interviewed him, and Paolo and him both said 
Well, Brian didn't say this to me directly. He just said, you want to light the secret of writing? Let's just sit down. And exactly what you said. But you know what Woody Allen said? The, the, the secret of success, 90% of it's just showing up. Yeah. It's yeah. true. You know, if, you, if you're standing on the steps of Carnegie Hall, whistling a tune and watching everybody going in to see an artist, and you go, that could have been me. Well, it wasn't you. You, yeah. you, you, didn't, you, push it, you didn't push it hard enough. It's no good having it in your head. And you've got you to do it. And you, um, and you can't have that resentment. You've got, you, yeah, you just got to get off your backside, sit in front of the PC. And I would do that. I would just sit there, crack on. And what you said there, some, some days the creative element will just ooze out my vocabulary or with word would be ideas are flowing, the conversations yeah. are going. Yeah. Tales of Bad Great, that, that took me a year longer than it should have done. Because no, I'm not one of these. Uh, yeah, I'm not Join one of these. I'm not one of these uh, perfectionists, and I and also I, I do not fear the have to fear the failure either. I've got that balance. However, when you know something, why do you not fear failure? That's a huge thing about well-being. Why do you not fear? Because failure? if you fail, you fail. You can only learn by. You failing. can only learn from it. But you're mean, scared of failure. Um, but the, 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 am I? I I I had, a, I had a business mm. I had a business partner many years ago. So I've failed many times. But it gets in you life. nervous. I had a business partner. I get that. Who wouldn't? It, who wouldn't it get nervous? But it wouldn't get him nervous. Uh, you wouldn't get nervous. I mean, no, he's not, of like, he's oh, not, I might fail. I might. You know. He's not scared it, of failing. If you fail, you fail. I'm a big believer of if you need to, if you want to achieve, you need to fail and you need to learn Agreed. from mistakes. Agreed. And you need to learn. Mistakes. If you, if you do, do the same, if you do the same damn thing again, you're an idiot. But you no, of course, if you learn from it, it's, the, it's the, a the, the analogy I always use with failure is that you don't put the ball down and score a free kick on your first try. You Agreed. have to keep kicking that ball. What? Give me that. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? You know exactly what I was yeah, talking about. <laughs> Twenty-one years ago, working night shift in the factory. Do you, do you know what I mean? To like twenty-one years fast forward. I'm a late bloomer, and that's something that I love being. That's something I'll always wave that flag. I'm never too late to, to fulfil. One of the things with, and I do bring it back to to mental health, is this: when you put yourself out there, James McVeigh, singer open to criticism because you either like the tunes or you don't like the... You, you know what I mean? It's yeah, pop, I agree. He's yeah. in the pop... Oh, I was going to say pop band. A, a band, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. W when you're writing, one of the things that was really scaring me was, well, I can't blame anybody else. This is my book. Yeah, this is my idea. If people think it's crap, then I'm going to have to take it on the chin. And if people like it, that's fantastic. Yeah. Does it worry you that people might say, Matteo, this is just bloody awful? Or... Does it give you a kick when they say, this is great? Both. I mean, of, co of course you get worried if people don't like it, but if they don't like it, you can't be all things to all men. It's impossible. Mm. My special guest, um, obviously he doesn't like Spurs, but we'll, we'll put that one on the side. Matteo Serazari. Is that as close? Is that the, is, have it's I perfect. Absolutely oh, perfect. Oh, oh, wow, that was a lucky break. I'm Ross Kane. This is Men's Radio Station. Back in a trice. You're listening to Well, that was close. We were very we were we were expert we producer were, was on the case. Expert producer, we're back, we're back, <laughs> back. This is, this is the warning we get. We're gonna get five, four, three, or Russ stand by studio. Again. We're back, we're back. <laughs> Quickly, talk, 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 talk. Say something, say something. I'm Ross Kane. What's left of him? This is Men's Radio Station, where men really talk. We did in the break. Uh, uh, James Blake rocking the deck, producing, and Matteo Cinezari, who's in here to talk about all sorts of things, including his new book, Tales of Agro. I just, I got to tell you, when you told me that was the title of the book <laughs> on the phone, I absolutely cracked up. Well, I just old, love it. That's our point. Oh, hello, it's Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how I sound on the phone? You sound very threatening on the phone. <laughs> in real life, you're charming and lovely. On, on real, on, on the phone, you sound like 
Look, you got a day for paying your money or we're coming round, we know where you live. It's exactly like that. Very, very long time ago, I owned, I ended up owing money to the Mafia. I actually did. I've never been so frightened in my life. It was inadvertent and it was not pleasant. Got rid, of them. Got rid of them, but I was absolutely terrified. Right. True story. That's a story for another time. That's, That's a story for yeah. which I'm never going to talk. Now, um, you uh, were saying in the break, and I, and I wasn't going to go there, but you've opened, you've opened the door, Matteo, uh, about uh, drink. Yeah, well, I, when I wrote you originally, you during the break you asked about... I was asked if you uh, lived in Italy. In Italy, and I got that wrong. I did come back from Italy. Yeah. I lived in Italy for about... Well, actually, I went on holiday for Italy for about a month, six okay. weeks. I was not living there. No, that's what I'm saying. I I didn't say I came back. Sorry, long holiday, right? Before, oh yeah, no, I was on holiday, on holiday. Okay, (laughs) right. You're not like an expat. (laughs) Not an expat. Anyway, the reason why I went, the reason why I got out of the country quickly is that I I managed to get hold of some money quickly because my mother sold the house. Prior to that, I've been in the band, and I've been in this band called Great Expectations for about eighteen months, two years. I was the main song. What sort of time is it? What sort of years? This was 96 to 97. One year old, two years old. So you had also like Britpop. You can shut up. You you had to shut up. You had the what? Adults are talking. Adults are talking. Had the ISIS thing. Greta, just be quiet. Greta, be quiet. Uh, (laughs) Global warming. uh. (laughs) How dare you? How How dare dare you? you? James, my childhood. James, I'm going to speak to your mother. Did I steal your childhood? It doesn't matter. (laughs) All right. uh, Come on. It's a gag. Come on. It's a joke. It's a joke. Calm down. So anyway, so I was in the great expectations. It was Britpop time, wasn't it? Oasis yeah, were big, yeah. Spice Girls were happening, etc., etc. Yeah. And it seemed a good time. Anyway, the band, I was the main songwriter and I was the main driving force behind it. However, it never materialised because I had other people. Going back to the same sort of point about writing, I would say let's rehearse on the Sunday. And other members of this band, well, I can't rehearse on the Sunday because I've got to go to barbecue. I, I, do you know, sorry to interrupt you, that is, it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, is, to, or, is, to, or, is to organise rehearsals. Oh, you, it's, it's, it's insanity. It's, it's insanity. And, and I had, I had, and then I, I had... Try s- having a girl band when you're pouring in an absolute untold fortune t- and you've hired professional choreographers and you've got songwriting team, the same team as One Direction, and someone said, oh, I can't. Oh, that's my sister's having a party. You, you want to throttle uh, people. Yeah. How is it? You know, they, I'll never forget, I was in a band and there's all that talk about it. it's our passion, it's our dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's passion. like, and then it's like let's, let's rehearse. It's like, I can't do that. I'm busy. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. You, <laughs> so you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly the point I had. I'd be sitting there going, even thinking about it now, I think I'm going to have another coin. Yeah, because it gets me so wound up it, all it these does, years on. It does, yeah. Have it's you got, learnt the words to the song that you're performing at the O2? Uh, no, you Can I just stop you? Are you miming in rehearsals? Uh, yeah, we're rehearsing. We've this got professional. We're, we're playing at the O2 Arena in front of twenty thousand people, and you are miming because you don't know the words yet. Who? Which band was this? Never you mind. Okay, never you. Still a sore sore point. I don't blame. I I can understand. But But going back, going back to that point. So (laughs) we've all been there. We've experienced it. So the band I was in, I had one guy called Anthony Kenny, who's still a friend to a degree. He he was good, but the others would want to be. Don't name them, please. Yeah, no naming and shaming. No no shaming. All right, the others. Anthony, I can still mention because I still like him. The others wanted to be as big as the Beatles, but they couldn't do it on a Sunday because they had to go to a barbecue or they had to go and see their family. I've got to go for a drink in the pub with my cousin that I haven't seen in so you long. you got it. You know it. You it's, know that. It's a fascinating thing. And you know, when I said, um, 
about Woody Allen, and, and let's not get into the whole Woody Allen thing. I'm talking about what he yeah, just what he said. Fan, not a, you, you, all right, okay. You, well, well, uh, when he said, "Well, you know, ninety uh, percent of success is just showing up." Yeah. If you want to be as big as the Beatles, you got to give it your best. If you want to write a book, you got to give it your best. Yeah. You, you, you can't, you can't be half-assed about it Agreed. because you won't, you won't get it. Then you only have yourself to blame. You, you agree? If you uh, give it your best, you know, my dad, who was a man of very few words, most of those were fairly rough, <laughs> but he, he said, "Look, Russell, you know, as long as you've done your best, that's it. If you've failed an exam, but you say to me, I've done my best.'" Yeah. And there's nowhere to go. Well, it comes back. To, it comes back to the fear of failure. What yeah. we were talking about before, and like you were talking about with the band and how it led on to it. But it, it's that thing, isn't it? it what I learned from what I learned from being in the band because I was putting so much energy, energy into like running the band, writing the songs, and organising the band, and I was getting very, very zero of anything back. And then it led me to drinking, right? Because oh, after yes. band rehearsals, after band rehearsals, I would start drinking Stella. Right? That's why I don't. I still drink now in moderation. I do not touch Stella, wife beater, whatever you want to call it, because ooh, Stella. Oh, steady. It's a, yeah, steady. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. That's this thing. Excuse though. me. I, so listen, we've set up something. So we've got women's radio station, men's radio station. I'm hearing the word no, no, wife no, beater. No, no, you take it out. Yeah, you take it out of context. What does that mean? It, it basically. What well, I know what a wife beater is, but what does it? What does that mean? Stella. What's basically what Stella does. Because of the chemicals in Stella, it's, one of, it's, one, it's, a, it's a known uh, drink that actually sends you a little bit insane. Oh, I always, I, I always just thought it was uh, cool. I have no idea. And speaking on behalf as management of men's radio station, I couldn't possibly comment. I don't drink beer, but and there we are. I was uh, just covering myself. To, there, me, it was always just, it, to me, it was always just a stereotypical thing associated with the drink. Got Stella Artois? Yes. Yeah. Quite Is like that it? It's cool. Matter of fact, I quite like that if I was going to drink something. <laughs> and what do I know? I don't know. I'm not a big... Not a bit it's it's it, it definitely did, ever. It, and it does it made what it done with me when I was drinking a lot of Stella. I didn't I didn't beat anyone's wife up. It, Ooh, it just made good. me it just made me very very bitter, and it made me very. Are you serious? No joking now, and I'm not getting. If you're listening in from Stella, I'm asking because I don't know the. Are you really saying that one brand of lager? It's a lager, isn't it? I, I, I well, it might not. It might not be just. What about brand. if you switch to you know Grolsch or whatever? Well, okay. Let, let, let's take Heineken. let's take the one brand of lager out. Just so, but that oh. at the time at the time it was one choice of my lager that I was drinking at the time. But nevertheless, like, okay, point taken. Like, I think I, it could. I, have, I think it could have been frankly any brand of lager as opposed to just one brand of lager. I'm just thinking of the legal ramifications. Yeah, it's true, 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 I can't, I can't understand that. Have, having worked at the BBC from, and ra Capital Radio for many, many years, one yeah, okay. doesn't walk away from all of that. All right, but drinking heavily on a... All on right, a, fine, so you're drinking, and it turns you a bit... Bitter. So you don't feel fulfilled, you lose your ambitions. And I've covered that in one of the stories there, Stephanie Clark, in the girls, when she formed the girl band in yeah. the 90s. It does materialise, so she starts drinking heavily. I don't actually mention any manufacturer there's a, a relief <laughs> yeah. um, what I'm thinking is this though they always say in vino veritas you know in, in wine is truth and I don't believe the wimpy oh I, I was drunk I didn't mean it or whatever no, no. that is the person that's inside you yeah. all the time all that alcohol or yeah. drugs is doing is enabling you in your head it's giving you permission to, to be, be an arse and be rude or be aggressive or you're actually that person anyway true I, 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 if it's not if it's not deep inside you it's like when Mel Gibson went on a huge anti-Semitic rant and blamed and blamed the booze if you weren't anti-Semitic in your heart and in your soul you wouldn't have come out with it in the first place and you wouldn't go around punching people if you weren't aggressive but didn't have the wherewithal to do it so it's only the enabler of the or the booze and drugs that turns you into that very unpleasant I, person I, I, I agree and now I mean like I said I drink in moderation now when I drink 
which is cold controlled drinking I have a very happy and I'm very buzzed and I'm, I go to bed a mm. content person but in the 90s we were like working in the factory along those lines because I didn't I didn't have the confidence or the drive or the discipline or even the, the, the self-esteem to sit down and write a book because I didn't believe I could write it. You talked yourself out of it. I talked myself out, and no one. Came no, I'm asking the question. Did you talk? How old out did I talk myself out? No, you talked yourself out of. You, you wanted to write a book, but you said, oh, "Why should I be able to write?" Yeah, it? I, I didn't. Believe, I, I, think, think, I, didn't, I think. I think. I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think I was worthy, and I think that's what alcohol does to a lot of people. And also, another thing is. Well, I take away maybe walk along the street like drink a can of beer. When you start going down the pub, you and you you attract like like attracts like. Yeah. So if you're feeling downbeat and you're lacking confidence, you are going to attract. And it happens to me. I'm speaking from what's, experience. What's here. that famous saying? Misery loves company. Misery loves company. Yeah, misery company. So you go to the pub and you sit there and you buy a drink, right? It, and it might not be a certain brand of drink, but give you oh, just, thank God, <laughs> just any sort of beer. So you're sitting there, you have that sort of beer, and you're feeling a bit down. Your head's down. You're smoking this when You can still smoke the cigarettes. You Damn smoke. with a day. <laughs> secondary cancer smoking. I gave up smoking like last. No, yeah, last year I've had a cigarette. Good for you. Okay. And I, you have not put on weight. I did. It's just dropped. Thanks for noticing that. I, I, I no, blew, no, no, because people say I've given up smoking. I said, "Blowing, well, you haven't given up. You've taken up eating pies." I, re, I did. I just it literally in the last couple of months because I'm now. I, I've given up meat though. I'm now on a high protein oh, diet. Oh, 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 oh! High protein, high fiber. Rich vein diet. of conversation suddenly approached. So wait a minute. You've given up meat. I've given up meat. And how do you feel on that? I'm have asking, you, have you gone vegan or vegetarian? Vegetarian. You've gone vegetarian. Matter, I still eat fish. I still eat fish. Still eat fish. I, so I, pescatarian. I, pescatarian. That's it. I eat. I like fish. And all it came about it wasn't actually health reasons. I was in Menorca with uh, on holiday, and I again, had, this is you're just the man of holiday. No, 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 no. My mother's on. got my mother's got a place there. I go. I go. Mm. I go and so visit. You rent one. out rooms or anything? No, but the flats for sale. If you're interested. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't do want you, a foreign uh, property. I really sure. do. No, it would suit you down. When you got your writer's block, you would love it. You could go over there and you could do your writing. <laughs> move on. Okay, move on. So, right. not going to happen. <laughs> you said that. So, I just, I was just, I was just eating, and I just thought I don't like this anymore. So I gave it up. And but going back about the weight, yeah, I did put on weight. I, my chest expanded. I looked like a mini bodybuilder. I had shirts like this that when I was putting them on. I don't because I've been a smoker. I've been I've been having, I've been smoking forty a day for. Oh my god! Oh my word! I was. Oh really? I was forty a day. Oh yeah. If not sixty, if I had a few, you know, if I was on holiday, just to celebrate. Yeah. Just to celebrate, you're still breathing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, wow. So, and and you, how did you stop? Because this I, is very important. Loads of people smoke and want to give up. I, 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 loads of people, some of them as young as 24, Matteo. Smoking kills. It does. How yeah. I, well, maybe we want to give up smoking. I don't mind a minor, minor, minor about bike accident, which, which put my back, bike, my back out of action. For bicycle or motorbike? No, bicycle, mountain bike. Oh, okay. And uh, anyway, I was ordering my food online. And I, when I was ordering my food online, I was adding my cigarettes to it. And all of a sudden, I thought, hold on a minute. I made an extra 120 quid a week on top of my food bill yeah. here for cigarettes. And then my yeah. uncle, my uncle Keith, I can't mention him, he had given up smoking. And he had obviously said to my mother, I use hypnotherapy. And my mum, for many years, used to go, you want to give up smoking? I was going, nah, 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 nah. And then eventually, I, I phoned my mother up. I said, look, can you get the number of this uh, hypnotherapist? Blah, blah, blah. Cut long story short. I went to this person in Bromley. And she said, you've got to want to do it. You can't. It's not going to be a magic cure. It's the same as like, if people go to I think AA, it's the same with any addiction. Same with any addiction. Yeah. Some people go to AA, like Alcoholics Anonymous, which I can't pronounce, thinking they're going to walk in there and not going to want to drink. You, the, all that they can do is give you a starting block, a template. Yeah. And this, this woman, Jill, who didn't like me, 
this got me got smoking because I because I, I refused to give my credit card details over the telephone and we anyway cut long story short wait a minute you're going to see a therapist in Bromley already I can envisage a schlep to Bromley and, and, and she didn't like you straight away no well she she said to me she said can I give credit card details this is weird and by said, our standards and I said I said uh, I'm not going to give you my credit card details over the phone and she thought I was being a bit whatever anyway cut long story short you gave me your credit card details <laughs> no I didn't yeah. no. <laughs> no, James, James got a very very nice Aston Martin outside yeah. so, it's amazing but there you go. Uh, and uh, it, she, she it lasted about an hour and a half and I came out and I literally had 40 fags no I had 20 fags in my cigarette in my pocket yeah. pound mail blue and I came out and I snapped them all up put them in the bin the city, well, don't I tell him that now he's, now he's already upset and I threw, threw my lighter I was th- I I was thinking about vaping, but lucky enough, the vaping shop was shut, so I don't good. vape. Good, because I but think vaping is the next thing to be stopped. Yeah, so I do have the nicotine gum. However, I'm slowly using off the gum, and now just moving to extras because, you know, that's still addiction. But you know, did you it, just? I'm just. Did you still get the cravings? Did you still get that? Cravings like the crave. What happens was is that you you're advised not to drink or do anything or yeah. like engage in any social activities that's going to be triggers. Like so, for instance, like if you if, if going to the pub is a go, massive one, pub, isn't it? Or, yeah. or even going on a, or go, going on a flight because yeah. I'm sure being an ex smoker, I know the moment you get off that plane, the first thing you want to do when you get through customs, that's why you always get stopped by customs because you're looking nervous because you just want to get out. Oh, is that? that it? <laughs> you want to get out and have a fag, and you want to get your bag. You come out of the airport, you know, whether it's Gatwick or wherever you are, wherever you are. Oh, and you just sit, yeah, and that's the first thing you do, you know, spark that cigarette. Yeah. Up and the worst thing, my, my, I mean, I was a little kickstart the day cigarette man. I oh, did, first thing in the morning before oh. breakfast, before anything, oh, bang! God, I've got, I've got a nice little studio flat. I'd go out in the little sort of communal garden in my in my PJs. You know, the name was must love, Lo- me. lovely look, yeah, <laughs> yeah lovely look, <laughs> you know, hair in rollers, yeah, hair in rollers. <laughs> Eight in the morning, having a fag, having a fag. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yes, that's actually making me feel, I'll be honest, quite <laughs> nauseous. I, I, um. It's a weird, it's not a moral thing. People will think I'm because I smoke cigars. I'll be quite honest, and I don't smoke cigarettes because I've never liked them. And it's not like anti saintly or how how marvelous, what a great decision. I don't like the taste or smell. I just don't. So it's really lucky. They don't smell too dissimilar from a cigar. Oh, they smell completely different. Not let's too not get in, no, James. James, let's but, not go down that road. But I, I, I mean, I mean, I smoke. And we have lots of conversations about it, and it is one of those things that probably I shouldn't, I should look to quit. But well, you should look to quit when you're 24. But you're 24, you've got time. How, is that how old you are? Uh, you're 24, you should do. Yes, I am. Listen to your elders and wiser. I know there's certain young people that sort of say our generation has destroyed their lives, but we, we, give I'm, me back my childhood. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. I can't give you back. That. I'm sorry, I cannot give you back your childhood. Uh, but I would advise you, honestly, give up smoking. Don't vape, though, because you've still got that addiction. Try hypnotherapy to begin with, but you've got to want to do it. You've got to have that desire. It's the same as like anything. I'm like my I'm 50, dad. 50. My dad. Then right. you have my dad got a very rare form of throat cancer called pentacus, and he uh, went to the doctors, and he smoked cigarettes with Peter Stuyvesant and those days. I've no idea if they still make it. No idea. And uh, he smoked cigars, but cigarettes. And they said uh, you have to stop. He said, "Well, he's, he said, no, no, you don't understand. You have to leave this room, and you have to stop." Then, then, and he did. Cool. Just boom, stopped straight off. That was it. And it's a question, and that was always my 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 uh, foundation. Yeah. You know that if you want to do it, you do it. And he just 
stop because he wanted to stop. He'd been told to stop. And that was it. End of. Never touched a cigarette from that day to the day he died. He sounds a good man, you're all. He was all right. He was hardcore, but he was all right. But he, he gave you, he, I mean, he obviously, when you were saying that, when you were saying about, you know, if you tried your best, you'll follow the proof. Yeah. And then he obviously was very strong minded because he did. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, you know. This Just bit. a bit. He's you know, an the, East End boy. He was, the the, the, he was, the he was doctor hard. says to him, give up smoking. Yeah. He could have either got, because he was so strong minded, he could have gone two ways. Yeah. He could have been really stubborn, mm. which people confuse with being strong minded. People think, oh, I'm stubborn. I think no, that's a good character trait to have, which no, is not. No, it's stubborn and stupid. Stubborn pretty stubborn. close. It's stubborn. Or he could have actually listened to her advice. It shows you that he listened. Mm. Showed that he he knew this what this person was saying was for his welfare, yeah. and that he knew if he didn't give up smoking, that you would lose your father, etc. So he yeah. gave up, or he may have been I don't know. He sounded obviously, you know, the same. You, the people go, you know, certain family members are one of great people. I go, well, yeah, you know. But it, I mean, it, it's always been the thing for me. If you want, to, if you want to do that, this whole I, and I understand it's a huge industry of the quitting smoke. It's a huge Massive thing, now, and people bigger. make millions and millions and millions. And, you know, we're going to do this and this course, come to that course, try this pill. The key to it, as you've said, Matteo, you've got to want to do it. Can I just interrupt? Sorry, I think your phone's not on airplane mode, Matteo, or Russ. Is it me? Someone's phone is on. Well, mine's on airplane yeah. mode. Yeah. Oh, so can, can, yeah, can my, mine's on. Uh, yeah, mine's on. Look. Can we switch them off, please? Mine's on uh, definitely airplane mode. There we go. It was always yeah, on. Uh, yeah, mine was. Just, one just one shut up. Don't worry, Matthew. It was me. I think it was, it was me. Somewhere. I'm very sorry. <laughs> somewhere. Somebody else. Was, uh, See, I'm, I'm yeah. a pro. I had one on flying. Yeah, if only I was professional at this, yeah, it would yeah, be, yeah. be, be frightening, really. <laughs> so, that's um, yeah, so, so, that, so, that, so you've got to want to. Yeah. The, what, the third book, what's that about? The third book, okay, I can't. I'm, I'm, the sixth Vaguely. Vaguely. Don't give it away if you don't want to. Vaguely. It's going to be a homage to the books that I grew up in love, which are 101 Dalmatians, Wind in the Willows. Oh, loved Wind in the Willows. So I, I've, oh, I, I I've got, this is good, I've got the subcult, I've written a book about mod, which is semi-autobiographical. Yeah, I've yeah. written a book about aggro, which has got the violent side out of me, like psychoanalyzing myself here. Right, nice. Now I've gone back to the things I loved the most. One of the things I loved most when I was, before I got into, before I got into closing music, was things like 101 Dalmatians, there's a book called Midnight Folk, which by John Mansford, who I can't pronounce, Enid Blyton, uh, Magic Faraway Train. Thing. i got a question for you. Let me, let me ask you this. Enid Blyton, who gave me as a, a very young child, I mean very young child, my first recollections of reading were Enid Blyton. Same here, yeah. Gave me my love of books. Same here. Gave me my love of, 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 of reading, of wanting to be a writer, and all of those things. I can really lay it at her door. So I have an enormous debt of gratitude to, to Enid Blyton and all those other children's authors, uh, Dr. Doolittle, which I read all those books, etc. And yet, in 2019, there she is being pilloried for just having the views that were prevalent at the time know, when she was... Right, you, do you see where I'm going, James? Or, no, I, I, yes. I, I, know, I know what you're saying. She was right wing. She was this, that, and the other. They were prevalent at the times. I'm, I'm sure if Ina Blyton was to be starting out now, or whatever, she would have views that would affect anyone. She loved. She had a great imagination along those lines. And what you're saying there, I was introduced to Ina Blyton by my mother, as my mother yes. was introduced to Blyton by that. And yes. my grandparents, my English grandparents, lived in Norfolk. And they used to have a nice little mobile home that backed onto a wood. So when you read things like Ina Blyton, oh, yeah, yes. Ina Blyton, and stuff like that, you yeah. get that. So that's where I'm at. So 
I've been one to write this book. There's going to be foxes in it. There's going to be wolves in it. There's going to be witches in it. Is it set in Shepherd's Bush? No, no, just no, checking. No. no, 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 no. Shepherd's Bush. I mean, I don't actually. <laughs> well, you had the foxes. You had the witches. You know, what I mean, it could have been Shepherd's Bush. Could have been. Bush. Shepherd's it's it's definitely been White it's City. It's no it's gonna be, There's going to be Naples in there, and there's going to be Norfolk in there. So, but uh, is it going to be like a kind of a more of a sort of fiction child story? Kind yeah, of thing? yeah, 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 yeah. Because that, going back to what Russ just said there, like, it's like obviously you know. I was into Magic Faraway, but Magic Faraway Tree was probably one of the first books on the Enchanted Wood by Anna Blyton was the thing that really triggered me off because basically it is about an enchanted wood and a magic, a magic tree where in this tree you can go to all these magical lands. So as a child... Mr. Ben. Yeah. So as a child... Mr. Ben, that was a great little show. Yeah. I loved Mr. Ben. Yeah. So as you know a child... Mr. Ben was? Yeah. You must remember that. Please, so you can't remember it. It's a bloke. It's okay. a little, it was a very simple little cartoon animated series. Mr. Ben would go into a changing room. We were served by a guy with a fez. That's hint, like hint, yeah, of yeah. The, hint of the Tommy Cooper there. Can I just ask what year this show was in? 1901. Yeah, the 70s. Um, Hitler so was massing on the Polish border. No, just, it was I 70s. Just, Mr. Just, Mr. Ben. So Mr. Ben, a TV show from your childhood. Yeah, actually. Okay. Okay. Could be. Could be. Not exactly my childhood, but then. 95. When I was born, <laughs> so, so. but you can you can watch it. I'm shamed. You're really getting on my nerves today. <laughs> you can YouTube it. But I'm Mr. Sure. Ben, he goes into a like a changing room in a shop. You're not supposed to even have those now because everything's online. And he goes in and he goes out as a, as a cowboy, as a fireman, as, yeah. as a spaceman. Oh, it was fantastic. Cool. Yeah, then he comes fun. back, goes to his normal clothes, and walks out. Walks it was very yeah. sweet. I love that. Show. That sounds cool. Yeah. It's it, it, exactly. Such a simple premise. Yeah, and those those things. What are we talking about? I don't know. We're just, just talking nice. about children's literature, yeah, yeah, sure. and, and, or children's because it's all shows. part of how we are and well-being. I'm not just saying that. It, it's like what made us very happy. What kind of formed us? Per, what yeah. gave us our? In many ways, what gave us our worldview? What 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 charged our imagination? Exactly. Me and Blighton gave me my love for like nature and woodlands, and then 101 Dalmatians because I lived in Sunbury at the time probably gave me. My first fascination, even though my father had worked in the Covent Garden, get my first fascination with London, because I thought, uh, yeah. like what that. did he do in Covent Garden? My father, he actually, because my father, I said this to him in the email. My mo actually, Covent Garden is a very spiritual place to me, mm. right? And mm. I hope you're listening, mother. My mother met my father here in the fifties. Oh bless! So this is sort of like a bit of a. Her first ever job was around the corner uh, in the fifties. My father worked in the fruit and veg trade until it moved to Nine Elms. Yes. So I didn't. Really, I just remembered that. Yes, it's Covent Garden. Did you know this was an actual market, James? Covent Garden. It was yeah. a Covent Garden market. Yes, I did. It, it was. <laughs> and, it, and if you read about London in the fifties and the sixties, oh. and that, as you know, this how how it comes across now has been laid like that. The West End, Covent Garden. This was Laser Blade Alley. This was a tough place. Oh really? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God, yes. oh yeah. Oh and yeah. The best one is someone told me that um, Marlborough used to be really tough. Yeah, yes, like a really dangerous pretty, area. Pretty hard. And yeah. I was like, "What? You're mad!" No, oh, no, no, so no, you can't believe the. Gen but it's funny. I see it where I live in Camden now. I see it because Camden, when I first started living there, and Camden now, are two totally different things. Yes. Like Camden used to be very well, edgy and tough. What about what about Kings Cross? Now it's marvelous, and everyone goes, "Oh, let's have dinner in Kings Cross." Oh, no, that's not because you can't park. But you know, Kings Cross just most inaccessible place in the world. But looks fantastic. It was dire. It was a dire oh, place. It was you, bloody awful. Uh, now, wow. Uh, I mean, like, I can. I can, my father when he worked at Golf Garden, he used to take me to Soho. And it was probably one of the only, one of the first places you could get. You, you could do it because of your surname. You, yeah, you'd be all right in Soho because you had, you had Italian, authentic Italian restaurants, and they weren't full of like you know trendy people. They were full of. Italians, and because my father could speak Italian, well, it's literally, isn't it? Soho, yeah. That's it, what was, it, it was, it was, and then you had the sex shops, 
You'd, you'd come out. You'd come out. And They're not gone. <laughs> They're still there. No, but this well, thing, it's very different. But, but it's it, very it, clean from what it did was. This, uh, in, in, in the 70s, it was literally all over the place. So it was this very... Model, it, first floor. Yeah. It, yeah it was, you have no idea what I'm saying, do you? No. no. You <laughs> have a look. <laughs> no. And the police turned a blind eye to it because they were... Model, first floor. They, you'd see a little handwritten sign. Same model, first floor. And it was a prostitute. Prostitute, first floor. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't. James, is this well, an education I, well, for you, Ben? Well, I never. Well, I, hope I, you, I hope you have. Okay. Well, not in those well, days. Come away and be straight round to the doctors. Well, it's been a pleasure. Oh, we haven't finished yet. Okay. We haven't finished. <laughs> so when are you hoping? You're staying. You're going to stay and chat with us with Mark. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's, oh, I'll stay with Mark. Yeah, 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 yeah cool. Yeah, like, oh, Mark. Mark, so you. The next book, the next book is planned. If that's your next question. That was my question. Let's cut you short, Mr. Kane. It's going to be April next year. And I'm on my deadline. If it's not April, it'll be May anyway. See, I'm meant to be having my next book out there. I haven't even put word one down on paper yet. It's all in my head. The whole damn book is, is completely mapped out. just haven't written it. When Apart from that... Do you not have any notes? Do you literally no. just have in my head it's yeah. going to go carry here, the, here, yeah, here, carry here, the whole book in my head. Yeah. Do but you? No, no. Same as, my, same as the one and a half hour stand-up show. It's all in my head. I have a very few notes. I mean, like half a page of headlines. That's it. I, hmm. I, I have to admit that. that. I mean, Charles of Agro, I wrote sort of very seldom, much seldom. My, my, my next book, I just wrote two pages of A4. And hmm. then, then I let. And then you build from it. The, the, yeah, you've got that organic yeah. feel about that because I've created characters in there. Like, I, for instance, I'm like, boy, but I've got two wolves from Benevento that box driving Vespers around to fight in the evil, and they just came out of nowhere. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you're saying you would imagine get if that. he did drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, you're listening to Men's Radio Station. I'm Russ Kane uh, with producer James Blake with Matteo Cedazari, uh, author of I just love this Tales of Agro, and the other book. The first book is called uh, Crafty Cigarette, which is fun as well. We will be back in a moment, and we'll be talking to an actor. So I'm just going to go and uh, put some makeup on. You're listening to Men's Radio Station. 